0: we've had some bad global news just lately, but nothing sensational has happened around me this week. Soon be coming up to the caravan season then, we'll be getting away and doing one or two bits and pieces. I still haven't looked on the trip manager to see what trips I can go on with the canal boat at Chesterfield, but I will get there. I'll get onto it this weekend and we'll Booked myself down for a few trips Probably end up being a skipper on some of them Now I've got my ticket One of the things that did crop up though I was thumbing through things on YouTube that I do occasionally Elaine listens to Foxes Afloat And Kevin doing their narrow boating. Although the, the Foxes Afloat have now settled for the time being in Scotland and uh, getting a bit of a small holding together but we didn't enjoy their series where they were going round in the narrow boat about how they'd had it built and what they were doing in it for a couple of three years. Kevin of course has been stranded with his boat, not been able to get out and about because of lockdown and wanting jobs doing on his boat but he's back afloat now and chugging round the canal sides quite envious of them really but i do get to play on a boat every so often now so i can't complain it's not costing me thousands of pounds a week to take one out and go down and chug up and down and take passengers thoroughly enjoy myself But after we've watched those, I sometimes have a scan through the headlines and see what's on. And there was one where it was talking about the A4 Pacifics, the Gresley-designed railway engines, the steam engines of some years ago. And they got the ones that are still active on steam railways in Britain. Which at the time was Bitten, Union of South Africa, and Sir Nigel Gresley. Mallard was the other one but that was preserved, but that is more or less permanently in the National Railway Museum now. But it's nice to see them still around. I've seen Bitten a time or two. I've seen Sir Nigel Gresley in several places. Going around on the North Yorkshire moors and various railways when I've been on holiday and visited them. The one I've seen most often was Union of South Africa. Although I think the owner has now retired that because it's too expensive to maintain and give it the hover all it needs. But these things happen. I know the first time I ever saw it I was down near the Seven Valley Railway. And it was a guest engine for the season there, pulling the trains up and down the track. We were on a, a caravan site just a bit up the hill from the track. Within walking distance, it was only three, possibly four hundred yards away. And we could hear the train whistle as it left a station further up the track. And if we walked down, relatively brisky, without rushing just a decent walk down we could stand at the side of the track on a private crossing for the farmers what they call an occupation crossing and we'd walk down and stand and the kids would lean on the crossing gates and watch the train go through it was known as Osprey then because South Africa had left the Commonwealth and was following a strict regime of apartheid. So they were, they were shut off pretty well. So the person who owned the engine decided he didn't want to be associated with them. So the name was changed to Osprey. Which I believe was its original name anyway because all the others were named after birds. Mallard, Bitten and this one was Osprey. The specials were named something different, like Sir Nigel Gresley, and the ones that went over to America, they were renamed. Was that the Dominion of Canada and the, was it George Washington, I think they called the other one? But they were separate engines. They were bought by the Americans and renamed over there. But then when apartheid ended, um, South Africa rejoined the Commonwealth they renamed the engine Union of South Africa I've seen it several times since but the last time I saw it was when it was doing a bit of a tour before it was retired it was doing its last trip on British Rail Network rat tracks and we were actually out with the narrowboat at Chesterfield when it came along the railway nearby. We knew what time it was due, so we took the boat up near the railway bridge and moored up and waited for it to come across. That was one of the last times it was out and about to be seen. But it was nice to see them all on this film working along... I think it was the Steam Gala at the North Yorkshire Moors and they'd got all three of them there working the tracks. Great to see, really great to see. There again that's me, I I grew up next to the railways and I've always had a a love of particularly steam engines. I like any form of train really but I, I really do love the steam engines. They seem to live and breathe in their own way, hissing and belching and making a noise. It's as though they're breathing in and out as this steam is pushed and pushed and pushed. Brilliant. I think I've said before I had the chance, Elaine, for my Christmas present, bought me a, an experience day in learning to drive a steam engine up at elskar Heritage Centre. It was only about an hour or so actually on the engine but the whole Heritage Centre with its small station and a few trucks and engines there but the old warehouses and storerooms had all been converted to forms of craft shops. So even if you're not into the railways to walk around the buildings and see the size of the depot that it used to be and the amount of goods it used to have passing through it is amazing. But as I say, all these buildings over this big area are now different craft shops well worth a trip and a look round. Well I say that now, it was before lockdown because everything was doing well. Post lockdown, some of these smaller shops may not have survived. I know it's been hard for them, particularly if they're a non-food shop and couldn't open. I know from my experience of being on the committee of the local social club, how difficult it was for us to try and survive for two years with little or no income. We were lucky in a way that we were able to provide a takeaway service. And quite a few people came and bought beers and snacks through a, a side door to the building. They could queue up in an orderly fashion, stand apart, get their food and drinks and leave again. Paying by card, according to the rules. One of the lasting effects of all that, of course, is uh, the increase in all the prices now. Got a lot of driving to do this weekend. So I thought I'll go and fill my car up with diesel so as I can sort everything out. Used to be about 70 or 80 pounds to fill my car up. Cost me 115 on Friday. Fortunately, with one thing and another, I'm more financially better off now than I used to be. Otherwise, I'd have been sobbing. But at the moment, Elaine and myself can cope with it. The threatening more increases in October, so whether we'll cope so well then, I don't know. But at the moment, we're doing okay. Well I was hoping the weather was changing a bit we had a week ago we had quite sunny warm weather Monty was getting out and about and getting plenty of exercise we were letting him off the lead because the fields weren't so muddy and sludgy and he could have a run round quite happily he had a run round at times when the fields were still a bit mucky we've got a Portable shower unit as we hose him down with when he comes back out of the fields now. It's not perfect, but it takes the worst of the mud off him, cleans him up, takes some towels with us, dry him down and put him in his crate in the back of the car to bring him home, lying on a suitable set of towels. He loves it. He enjoys it. It was a bit doubtful to start with, but now he tries to play with the hose and puts himself under the water. He's growing up and he's getting a lot better behaved. Quite a good lad now, quite a good lad. Looking forward to the next few years so we can enjoy each other's company. Elaine has got a tracker for him, just in case he... throws a wobbler and dashes off into the distance only a little thing about two inches by an inch but it sends a signal to her phone on a little map and we can see where he is and what he's doing at any time really is good tells us how long he's been standing still and how long he's been running about when we do go out But the beauty of that is that when we were in the position where we didn't trust his recall we were walking him round on the lead. And we were walking two, possibly three miles at a time to exercise him and give him a walk twice a day. But now we can go a walk for a mile, perhaps two miles and he instead of walking those two miles with us, he's probably doing five miles flat out, racing round the area, backwards and forwards. Occasionally we'll throw a ball or a dummy for him, that keeps him going. There's a funny lad, We, when we first started trying to teach him things, he'd run after a ball, fetch it, retrieve it, brilliantly. Then when we started letting him loose... He gradually went off the idea and wasn't interested in a ball. Wasn't fussed. You could throw it and have to fetch it yourself. But this last week, ten days, all of a sudden, he goes mad for a ball. As soon as you put your coat on, he's nudging the pocket to see if you've got a ball in it. I don't complain, it's good. I, I can stand there and throw a ball and let him do the running about. I don't have to do anything much myself. But this is what we wanted Monty for. Elaine wanted a a pet, a companion and a reason to go out and go walking, I think, amongst other things. We seem to have gone off the boil and gone a bit idle with that uh, since Elaine retired. It's funny, when we hadn't got so much time on our hands we used to hold the weekend sacrosanct for going walking and going out to places. Now we've got the whole week as we can more or less please ourselves what we do from day to day. We haven't done it so much. It's always a case of oh, we can leave that to another day but don't have to do it today. Whereas before, we'd only got Saturday and Sunday so we knew we got to do it. But warmer weather's coming, the caravan will be cleaned and taken out and used, Monty will come with us to various parts of the country. But I think the main thing is that for a while Elaine said he's not a very loving dog, is he? He didn't seem to be too fussed about anything. As long as he was fed, watered and taken for a walk, he'd lie under the stairs or lie in his, his bed in the corner of the room. But all of a sudden, over the last two weeks, he's taken to getting on the settee and flopping down with his head either on Elaine's knees or my knees. He's really become a very sociable dog, which is exactly what Elaine wanted. She comes back with a smile on her face now when she takes him a walk. She used to come back distressed and upset because he wasn't walking properly or she was having a struggle to to cope with him. But now, she comes back really pleased. She's let him off the lead. She's used the little whistle she bought to fetch him back. And he responds to her and he behaves. And he doesn't pull off as much as he used to when we're walking. So she's got a dog that comes and cuddles up to her and he doesn't upset her when he goes out for a walk with her. The only thing you have to watch is that if Elaine and myself are both sat on the settee and he's lying down on the floor, he hasn't tried to get between us and put his head on one of us's knees, is that if one of us gets up, Within seconds, he's jumped up and is lying on the space we vacated on the settee. He can lie under the stairs with his eyes shut to all intents and purposes fast asleep. But if one of us stands up and takes two steps away from the settee, he's on it, snuggled down, head on the cushion. He will get off okay if you tell him if you're coming back with a drink or something. He will move, but he's very, very quick to decide it's his spot. If you don't want it, I've got it. <laughs> oh, he's a funny lad, but no, won't be without him now. I was doubtful about getting him. I was. I think my main. Um, objection was that we enjoy going out to country houses if we go away with the caravan we look up what's on the English Heritage National Trust list historic houses list and of course with Monty we won't be able to go in these places and we can't leave him in the caravan on his own if I'm right I think caravan club rules say you shouldn't leave a dog on his own in the caravan anyway because it'll bark or could bark and annoy the other caravanners. So we're working on a principle that if we want to go somewhere really special we'll only go for two or three days in order to visit that one place and Monty can go in kennels. Or we're working on the idea we can find a day kennel somewhere near to where we're going and then we can just pop him in for the day and pick him up when we come back. Funnily enough, when we first got together and we first started going away with the tent, we used to put Elaine's old dog then into kennels quite often. But just occasionally we'd take him with us. And I know we were down in Devon, on the north coast of Devon, and we were looking round the site a couple of days after we got there, And we realised got some little kennels at the back. Some cages and kennels. Fenced off area as one dog at a time could be in. Like a little row of fenced off paddocks I suppose they are. With a little hut kennel at the back. And you could get a dog into each of these quite separate. So we asked about it and they said yeah. Yeah, you can put him in there. Put him in the kennel. We'll just look after him for the day. You pick him up when you come back. Well, Shep was a grand old dog. He wouldn't hurt anybody. He wouldn't run off. He he was a lovely dog. Put him in the kennels and spoke to the bit of a handyman who did different jobs around the site and told him about him. And he says, "Oh yeah," he says, "I'll keep my eye on him. If all right." Well when we come back to the site this guy was sat outside working away doing something with the screwdriver and some bits of kit that he was repairing and putting together and Shep was sat at his feet. This is a lovely dog is he? he says he looked so lonely in there and was sat there all quiet he says so I, I took a risk and let him out he says and he just come Walked alongside me wherever I went and just sat at my feet when I sat down. So we were fretting about having Shep locked up for the day in an unfamiliar area. And he'd made himself at home and was quite content. Walking around with this chap doing his odd jobs. Just goes to show... I don't think Monty's got that temperament yet, though. He will have one day. He's learning, he's calming down, he's being a good lad. But he's not at that stage yet. He does wait until you tell him he can go before he runs out of a door. If I'm first up in the morning... The idea is we always let him out into the area of the back garden. He can go out there and relieve himself if he needs to. And then we take him a walk after we've had breakfast. Well in the morning I'll come down and open his overnight crate as we use as the kennel. Proper big thing for him. But he sticks his head out and lets me put his collar on. We always take it off at night. He sticks his head out lets me put his collar on then dips back into the crate. Now I walk round to the patio door and stand with me hand on the handle and I just give him a call, come on then. And he trots out, comes to me usually he's got a, one of his soft toys in his mouth as he's had in his bed overnight. And he comes round, sits down and looks at me. I look at him, so he drops the toy, because he knows he's not supposed to take it outside with him. I open the door, he still sits there, and then I said, go on then, away you go. And out he goes and runs round the garden. Bit of a ritual, really. But it shows as we've got command of him. I mean he used to just fly straight out if I bent, bent down and opened the door on his kennel cage he'd fly past me and run to the door so I thought we can calm that down because he's going berserk and with a little bit of practice and telling him to stay while I walked away and telling him to sit Telling him to drop the toy, he now does it all automatically. Puts his head out, on with the collar, stay there, walk around, come on then, out he comes, and away he goes. It's really good, it's pleasing that he's taking it in. One time a day we thought, can we ever train this dog? But now it shows he's taking in the training that we're doing. I can take him across to the field now, let him off the lead, let him run round for a few minutes, and then I can get him to lie down or sit down, walk away from him, and he'll stay there until I've walked as far as I want to walk. I'll turn round, give him a whistle, and he'll come to me. I'm pretty sure he only does it for the treat he gets when he gets to me, but that's the whole art of training a dog. Reward them when they do the right thing. Encourage them. Well, at least I've got my car back now. I was without it for about ten days. Took it in for its MOT and it needed a a bit of welding work doing on the uh, on the chassis and some bits and pieces on the brakes unfortunately the guy that is the expert on the brakes was unavailable for a couple of days so that knocked it back a little bit otherwise I'd have got it within the week but it's back it's running as smooth as it's ever run I'm really looking forward to taking the caravan with it now because I'm sure it is running better than it has done for a long while Over the last two years I've had a bit of suspension work done on it for it's MOT and this welding done for it's MOT and it runs smoothly now it doesn't clunk or knock every time you hit a bit of a bump it goes along quite quietly which is brilliant I am pleased they've done a good job The pleasing thing is that I can't afford a new car at the minute and I certainly can't afford an electric one. Not as I particularly want one to pull a caravan with. I mean we go off to Northumberland and Scotland and Cornwall and all over the place, two or three hundred mile trips. I'd have to charge an electric car up about three times to do that. Plus I don't think a lot of them have got the power to pull a caravan. So for as long as I as long as I can still caravan, I am clocking on a bit on age now, but I'm still capable. Because I'm diabetic, I have to go and get my eyes done every six months to make sure there's no real deterioration in them. So my eyes are okay. My health generally is okay, although I'm type 2 diabetic it's all well controlled with tablets my sugar levels are fine my cholesterol level is fine and I like to think I'm reasonably fit certainly I'm doing more walking now we've got Monty I'm doing a little bit of a walk every day instead of just one every so often but there again I've always done me gardening and other jobs We've always walked in the countryside at least once a week. So I'm not too bad at all. The way I look at it, I'm I'm older than my parents were and I lost them and I'm still going. Got a bit to go to be as old as my brother, though he's 12 years older than me and he's still knocking about, so I've got a bit to go to catch him up eventually although I'll never actually catch him up I mean I've got to live for another 12 years to catch him up if he passes away tomorrow I hope he doesn't that's that's a funny thing I've just said really but uh, that's the gist of it that's the gist of it I'm hoping that the combined genes that created me will take me going as long as they've kept my brother going that's what i'm trying to say there you see these people on different sites do you start talking to them and they say oh i'm 82 and they're pulling caravans so i think the problem we've got is that we might outlast the car and the caravan although the van's not too bad it's got a little bit of damp damage in it but it's not damp coming in now, it's something that's happened in the past. Pleased with it. It's been a damn good van. We went and sorted, the, we always upend the cushions and everything over the winter. where well, we went We went to see it, to see if it was all right and how things were so as we could start getting it ready for future trips and it wasn't damp, it didn't smell fusty. Everything was fine, everything was dry. And that's after some of the rain we had earlier this year. So yeah, I'm really looking forward to this summer. We've already got certain things planned. We've got different things booked as we want to go and do. Places we want to see. And Monty will go to quite a few of them with us. I wanted to go to the Waterways Museum in Gloucester. And apparently dogs are allowed in there. So he'll be going with us to that one. He'll probably need a little bit more lead training before he can uh, be really trusted to go in there. I know last year we went up to Glencoe and he he wouldn't go in the visitor centre for love to money. He didn't want to know for some reason or other. Yet he'd been into the cafe in Beedale He'd been into the cafe on Beedle Railway Station and he'd been into one somewhere else, I forget now. But he'd also been on the Jacobite Express in the in the train. He'd, he'd lay down very nicely in the carriage and behaved. For some reason or other, he wouldn't want to go into Glencoe. whether it Whether the floor was wrong for him or what, I don't know. Whether it aggravated his feet with the type of surface on the floor, but... He didn't want to know. Time will tell, we'll see how we get on. I'll let you know how we get on when we've finally been there. But we are going. Anyway, that's my half hour well and truly up. So I'll say ten half an hour and talk to you again soon.